my name is Alan. This is Learn Life. This episode is entitled Grabbing Air. And the term stems from a viral tweet that I sent out a while ago. Um, I was watching Carl Thomas's video for the song Emotional. I said R&B fell off because niggas stopped grabbing air. And it was hilarious to watch something so basic turn into what it turned into. It got to the point where people would send it to me thinking that they're showing me something new or an original, but not realizing I'm the one who said it, which, you know, it happens often in the life of a writer. It's the funniest shit in the world when people quote me to me and they have no clue that I wrote it, like either because you know they don't know the source material or, you know, I wrote it for someone else. But every Sunday, it was just a thing to send out a tweet about R&B falling off and every Sunday it would go viral. I say some shit like oh R&B fell off because you know niggas stopped grabbing air or because they stopped putting rain in their music videos or R&B fell off because you know niggas don't do the lonely gaze on their album covers or R&B fell off because R&B groups stopped coordinating outfits. And some people would get so angry because you know social media you always have some miserable people and R&B didn't fall off. You just don't know anything, you dirty Asian immigrant motherfucker. Like, okay, how was that necessary? But all right, glad you got that off your chest, I guess. I have to give credit and love to Sean Brown for this. He mentioned no rap on Sundays, and I thought, that's brilliant. (laughs) Rap is way too aggressive for Sundays. And what did Lionel tell us? It's easy, like Sunday morning. They don't even make niggas named Lionel anymore. You notice that? Matter of fact, I think we only know two niggas named Lionel. Richie and the motherfucker from the Thundercats. I might name my kid Lionel, come to think of it. Like, you know how, like, companies, like, retro sneakers? I feel like the black community needs to start retroing names. Like, Gertrude, and Esther, or Otis, or Thurman. What do you even nickname a nigga named Thurman for short? Thur? How you get nicknamed after a day of the fucking week? Like... I like the way you do that right thur. All right, I'm sorry, I apologize for that one. But like Jerome, like Jerome Bettis was the last Jerome they made, like he's it. Or like Eloise, we need classic black names back. Marcus, darling. Hey, how you you doing, Lady Eloise? As a black man, especially in 2020, I shouldn't wish prison or jail on any other black person, but the crimes committed by these artists are some of the most heinous and egregious acts performed in the history of music, if not the history of the world. That's why I used the New York Undercover theme song as the introduction to this episode, because what I'm going to do is basically ruin some of our favorite songs and sentence some of our favorite artists to time behind bars. This is just jokes. <laughs> With everything going on in the world, fun has been you know, very rare for me. And I started to think back to where I lost my smile and laugh at. Then, you know, I started thinking about the times I smiled and laughed the most. And few things make me smile like music from the 1990s, which made me think of LL. LL Cool J was my first favorite rapper. The music speaks for itself, obviously. Like, I bet if he really wanted to, LL could, like, drop a hit tomorrow. But it wasn't just the music for me. It was Ralph McDaniels and the video music box and requesting LL's videos then hiding the bill when it came. (laughs) You know, watching LL's videos was an experience because 
you know, I live where he's talking about. The feeling as a kid to see the bus depot on 165th or, you know, Farmer's Boulevard, it was the first time I ever saw somewhere I'd been on TV. But as I've grown older, I realized that LL was re redefining uh, street harassment in his like around the way girl video. And that's not cool, James Todd Smith. This man was walking around Queens with a camcorder filming women at a bus stop. And then I listened to Hey Lover, and it made me realize that this woman should have probably filed charges on LL. First of all, the song doesn't really even make sense because he said we caught eyes for a moment and that was that. So how did LL know her man drank too much and smoked too many blunts? And why are you attacking another man's dietary habits, James? You know how like Councilman Tate or Councilman O-Dog used to say Ghost's name in power? James. Yo, Councilman Tate ain't have no respect for Ghost. Like Ghost, if you don't go put your playoff gear on, show this nigga like what time it is. You know Ghost's playoff outfit? It's the all black everything stalking people and shit. He got that from LL, stalking ass niggas from Queens named James. You know, he goes, oh, I be working out every day thinking about you. This nigga's at the gym thinking about the woman he stalks, talking about your man must think it's safe for you to travel that way. Obviously, she ain't safe from you. Then in lounging, LL rode a bicycle to go get the pussy. Like, how are you mad that she's taking the bus, but you on a bike? Are you going to put her on your pegs? Like, what were you going to do? Like, do I even have to explain what type of shit a nigga riding a bicycle to the pussy is capable of? LL Cool J, and the J must stand for Joe, like Joe from you. James Todd Smith, you are a legend. You can rightfully say that you brought the term goat to hip hop, but you have been a menace to our community for far too long. And you've left me no choice but to send you to big prison. You ain't no cop. You ain't no cop, Jay Reed. Speaking of Joes, this man, Joe Thomas said, I hear he got you on lockdown, but I got the master key. First of all, you rotten ass nigga. The only key you need to be worried about is the key to your prison cell. Secondly, who the fuck did you even hear this from? Y'all ever see the video for things your man won't do? This man went to a payphone in the rain. You know how committed to the dirty Mac you have to be to use a payphone? Let alone in inclement weather? Then he gonna talk about until I hear your mother scream. Like what type of Game of Thrones incest was this nigga on? Joe? You are a threat to society as we know it, and you need to be in solitary confinement. Joe Cage is in something that's not about pussy for once. Then you have Carl Thomas. And like I said, I was watching him, you know, grab air in the emotional video. Then he was splashing water while sitting outside of the tub, but there was nobody inside of the tub. Like he was just running up his water bill. But it's the song I wish that needs to get this man indicted. Carl Thomas said she chose to stay a at home so they can be a family for the children. But what about me? What about you, Carl? See, this is why you don't trust anybody with two first names. Like, what if she did leave her husband? Was Carl prepared to be a stepfather for real? Like, is this the woman he wishes he never met? Like, was she the reason he was so emotional? See, this man made a song about a woman not leaving her entire family for him. And everybody was just like, oh, that's so sweet and it's so sad. No. 
You know what's going to be sad? When they haul Carl Thomas out of family court in cuffs because he's going to jail. Now you see now, you done fucked up, you know that, don't you? Let Me Love You by Mario really pissed me the fuck off. Because he said, you're a dime plus 99 and it's a shame. Don't even know what you're worth. It's bad enough that you're trying to get this lady to cheat on her man. But then you insult her intelligence and call her a dollar and nine cents? Never in your life have you said, yo ma, you a dollar oh nine. Let's just see how much you enjoy a dollar and nine cents when that's all you're making per hour behind bars. Let me tell you something. If you want to get with a winner, you got to drop that chicken dinner. I never understood how R&B groups could just dirty Mac like that in unison. <laughs> Like, were they all that despicable, or did they just believe in their leader's dirty macking plight? For example, um, Mint Conditions, You Don't Have to Hurt No More. They basically sang their way out their friend zone together. And the friend zone is basically, you know, a waiting room for dirty macks, the worst type of dirty macks. It applies to men and it applies to women because, you know, women be thinking they're slick. Like, women play the game better. And honestly, it's really just that guys are too fucking dumb to understand that she's only sucking your dick because your girlfriend stole her crayons in the second grade. I know that sounds like I'm going through something. I promise you that I'm not. But you just got to watch the person your significant other exchanges gifts and memes with. That person is the rotten bastard. What I'm trying to say is you must kill the friend zone before you end up in a prison. You got to get rid of your friend though. If you want to ride in the Benzo. I'd like to publicly and personally thank Music Soul Child for making Half Crazy. Because it isn't a song. It's a PSA warning us about the dangers of leaving the friend zone. You used to laugh. Now you get mad. Damn, I just want my friend back. See what happens when your dumbass leaves the friend zone? You don't lost your mind. You don't lost your friends. You don't lost all your friends because she won't trust that you ain't trying to fuck your friends or your little girlfriend ain't trying to fuck you. You used to be full of life. You used to have jokes. Now it's everything is a joke to you. I'm a joke to you. Leaving the friend zone is like turning yourself in for a warrant you didn't even have. Like a private joke, you know, when Wallace, we were at this really crowded restaurant, right? And then he had ordered so oh forget it, you had to beat it. My Little Secret by Escape is just a fucking trifling song. They said, like being in the same room with you and your girlfriend, the fact that she don't know, it really turns me on. She'll never guess in a million years that we got this thing going on. She won't have to guess because you just fucking told her. Listen, I know everybody listens to Drake's music, but please pay attention. He said it's more attractive when you hold it down. Now listen, what happens when... You know, her mother, her auntie, and her cousins jump you just because you can't keep a little secret. I'm telling you right now, you approach me to cheat, and I'm going to have you brought up on solicitation charges. And I hope you sisters know how to escape. I told you, this thing is bigger than Nino Brown, and I got a list of proof. If I'm going down, I'm taking a whole lot of people with me. I don't know how many people really know this, but Maxwell is my favorite R&B singer. And it makes me laugh when people think he's like this romantic-ass singer. Like on uh, Matrimony, Maybe You. That's not about getting married. It's about lying to a one-night stand. Like, maybe we'll get married, but let's see how good this sex is first. Then I think about Pretty Wings and how Maxwell convinced the entire world that it's a love song. But really, it's a breakup song. Like, I've literally heard this song at weddings 
meanwhile is actually more appropriate for a divorce. But that's just, you know, the Haitian genius that Maxwell is. And yes, Maxwell is Haitian. Haitian people, we claim anyone with a trace of Haitian blood. Like, Blake Griffin's dad is half Haitian. So I decided that Blake Griffin is Haitian too. Or like how we just collectively decided Usher was Haitian because, you know, Usher Raymond is such a Haitian sounding name. But then we disowned him because, you know, he started making music like Pitbull. And, and if the booty's too big, it bounces you back, you gotta jump back on it. <laughs> this don't got shit to do with anything, but I feel like if you wanna know who someone is, like you have to go see them at their local barbershop and see how they treat him. Like if he in there getting skipped or like his barber's taking phone calls in the middle of the haircut, or he got a date at eight and it's seven twelve, but the barber's eating Jamaican food, discussing the latest episode of Power. It says a lot about him. Right now, I'd like to say a lot about the Barber's Chair Network, which is a black-owned digital media network that brings sports, culture, and entertainment discourse under one umbrella. That's the Barber's Chair Network. Find them at barberschairdigital.com. And their shows are also on Apple and Spotify as well. I want to say shout out to Scott, Joe, Dante, Pav, and all the good people over there. And one time for my man, Larry Legend, too. Uh, he's a comedian, not the shy. I've been saying this for years. He's going to be a fucking star. It's just a matter of time. And love to all the black businesses. I know this pandemic might have, you know, slowed shit down, but slow doesn't mean stop. Keep grinding. I'm blickety black, blacker than black, black. I'm blacker than black, yo, because I'm black and I'm black. You know what's crazy? Bobby Caldwell is white and Billy Ocean is black. Like, that'll never not amaze me. Like, Bobby Caldwell is a black-ass name. And, you know, Billy Ocean sounds like some, like, dive bar somewhere. You know, like on Saturday night, the white boys will be like, yo, let's go down to Billy Ocean's, man. The, the bartender with the sick rack is there. I don't know how white people talk. I'm just guessing here. But I do know what a white boy said during Marvin's Room by Drake. Yo, my white friend said you niggas crazy. I hope no one heard that. Because if they did, we gonna be in some trouble. Yes, Drake, you and your friends are in big trouble. I know white Canadians think, you know, they're Jamaican, but someone needs to inform them that Snows can't say the word nigga. And honestly, who still leaves fucking voicemail, let alone a five-minute voicemail? I honestly hope that Marvin is the name of a judge in Toronto, because the only room you're going to is a courtroom. There's my nigger friend. You guys say it all the time. What? I just feel the need to say this while I have everyone's attention. Fuck every single last woman named Charlene around the world. Anthony Hamilton did not deserve what he went through. This isn't a joke. I'm not playing or anything. Fuck all the Charlenes around the world. When you refer to that woman, say that little light-skinned bitch who ripped out of my heart. Yo, Jagged Edge really started off his song by saying, I ain't a hater or nothing, but he can love you like I can. Trust me. Like, you know when people say, no disrespect, but then proceed to say the most disrespectful shit ever? That's exactly what he can't love you by Jagged Edges. Furthermore, and listen, I can say words like furthermore because I have a fucking bibliography, bitch. But furthermore, again, like, how do four people even have the same dirty macking ambitions? Like, I don't even want to know what you have to do to get into that type of fraternity. But I do know what you're going to have to do to get out. And that's Call of Bell's Bondsman, because Jagged Edge belongs in fucking prison. Especially, um, let's get married. <laughs> it's basically saying, oh, fuck it. Ain't shit else going on. You still trying to get married? Like, it's like they're doing their ladies a favor on a Saturday night. I will marry you. Damn. I mean, are you happy now? 
I'm really conflicted, man, because like Donnell Jones is the patron saint of Dirty Maggie, especially for writing this love, because the shit was just so player. <laughs> I, I understand you got a nigga that lives at home, but I want to be the cat that makes you moan. First of all, you can't guard any nigga that refers to himself as cat. Like that nigga is just a different type of person. And then on one hand, it's like Donnell's a despicable human being for trying to get this woman to cheat on her man. And tell me the last time you met a good person named Donnell. Donnell is not a good person's name. Like, Donnell is an ain't shit nigga's name. It's the quintessential ain't shit nigga's name. Like if I said, yo, this nigga Donnell, yo, and then you insert anything that's like out of pocket and it sounds believable because Donnell's ain't shit. But then on the other hand, like he's just so empathetic and understanding. Like, yo, I'm not sweating you. What's up? You want this dick or not? It's up to you. But then it's like, yo, if your lady cheats on you with a nigga that wears a sweater vest under a leather trench with a fedora, you probably deserve that shit. But you gotta believe in me, baby. <laughs> you gotta believe that everything I asked you to do is what's best for both of us, baby. I mean, can you take that, baby? Yo, the way Too Close by Neck started is fucking wicked. The nigga said, I wonder if she can tell I'm hard right now. Hmm. Nigga, ain't no hmm, nigga. Then the song itself is basically a woman telling them to, you know, back off because the dick is poking them in the back. All she wanted to do was fucking dance. Then they're going to go talk about, oh, I know you felt it, boo. You know I can't help it. Well, guess what? I can't help y'all because y'all getting three to five years for dancing too close to sexual assault. Next. Take his ass to jail. You go to jail, you son of a... I feel like we all should have known that Genuine was a little off when he misspelled his name on purpose, but So Anxious really sealed the deal for this fucking sexual deviant because it's a song about being too horny. Like, he started at 9 o'clock on the dot. Then when it was 10.10, he started asking her where she'd been, but their plans weren't until 11.30. This nigga was hornier than your aunt at brunch off those peach bellinis and that macaroon. I know you're probably wondering how I know that, but you're focusing on the wrong shit. You're worried about demon time, but you need to be concerned about jail time because so anxious is felony horniness. Horny, yeah, crazy horny. One of my favorite songs ever is Thug Lovin' by Bobby Brown featuring Bobby Brown. I know exactly what the fuck I just said, so don't hit me up like, yo, Alan, you made a mistake. Nah, you people made the mistake of thinking Thug Lovin' had anything to do with Ja Rule. And I feel like they just pulled up on Bobby Brown and was like checking on him to see how he was doing. And he replied, all we need is a stage, God. And the helicopter shit. I mean, I can explain the helicopter. You know how like regular fiends have shopping carts full of things or they pull up with some exclusive random shit? Like, yo, I swear to God, I was in the BX at a cookout by Yankee Stadium and a dude pulled up on a pony. But like he was walking the pony like he was walking a dog. And the best part about it was like nobody asked any questions. And that's why we shouldn't question Bobby Brown and his helicopter. Like he did a karate kick out of a helicopter. And I feel like we should just be happy that we experienced it. Well, that's my time. I hope you laughed. And remember, the light at the end of the tunnel is your own reflection. I'll see you on the other side.
Betty White. Oh, Mick, Mick. Betty White, get a dog a bone. <laughs>